you seem like you were on a mission tonight and, and proved us media types wrong. We kept asking you what's going on with your game. Uh, is this the type of player you expect to be this season? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, obviously, just just got to continue to keep my head down, um, keep working, stay focused. I think at the end of the day, like like I said, um, it's all new for us. It's all new for everyone. So we're trying to um, understand everything, and, and I'm just going to go shoot get better. Like One thing about me, like I'm a fighter, so um, that's the only way I got here. Uh, I'm going to keep fighting, and, and you know, the people that know me, they know that. Thanks, Marcel. Congratulations. Looking tight, slick again. Pascal haters turning back into stands. Welcome back to Raptors Flex Plus. I am your host, Kyle. Gia and the Raptors get their second W. First win streak of the year, if you want to call it that. But that's two straight wins for the Raptors. Last night, this time against the Dallas Mavericks, 127-116. All right? Now, let's address the elephant in the room from early. Okay? I have a question for anybody that's watching this stream. Real talk. Is Pascal back, guys? Is Pascal back, guys? What's up? Yo, far and beyond, the best performance of the year by Pascal Siakam. Hands down. The reason why this is significant, all right? For anybody out there that's still like, I'm still on the fence, I get you. And I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. But the reason why this is significant is Pascal is one of our best top two players on the team. Okay, I don't want to hear any arguments about, you know, Schroeder or OG Ananobi or anybody else being a better player than Pascal Siakam. If you want to have a conversation about Scotty Barnes, I'm here for it because Scotty Barnes has been on fire to start the season. Fire. The man didn't even have his best game last night and still double doubled and put up stats across the board, set the tone with all types of plays, energy plays, blocks, whatever. But the conversation is right now, is Pascal Siakam back? Because this is the best game of his season, short season so far, eight games in. But the man is just like, you know, where you been, fam? <laughs> We've been looking for you, B. <laughs> We've been looking for you. But you showed up in a big way last night. You showed up in a big way last night. And, you know... It's something that this team needs if we're going to be successful this year. We're going to need Pascal Siakam to be the type of player that we are accustomed seeing that we know he is capable of because we've had the conversation already if you look at my past streams. He's a two-time All-NBA player. When he played with Kawhi, so he played with a, a, another superstar, and then when he didn't. When he was the man on the team, he was also an All-NBA. And there's an argument that last year he probably should have or could have been All-NBA again. So the disappearing Houdini acts that we've been seeing from Pascal Siakam this year 
has been just non-characteristic of what we have come to know and expect from Pascal Siakam, you know? But his first 30 piece of the season, and let's be honest, let's be all the way honest. This was a game where Pascal was eating in a paint, all night in a paint, going up against Grant Williams, couldn't hold him. Tim Hardaway Jr. couldn't hold him. Whoever else you want to put down there couldn't hold him when he was in the paint. And I said this earlier on in the week. Like, we know Pascal to be money, money in the paint. Money. So where has that been? Well, it showed up last night in a big way. And that was a game that I think he needed for his confidence. He needed that game big time for his confidence. Now, you know, we had the last few days off after that big comeback against the Spurs. And I want to give Darko, I was going to say Darko Milicic, Darko Ryakovic his flowers. Okay, I want to give him his flowers because I thought that it was important that during this two-game stretch, or two-day stretch, I should say, where you had the opportunity to go and practice, mostly trying to figure out how to incorporate Pascal Siakam, Siakam with the right mentality, like we showed at the beginning of this stream, on the post-game interview, he's keeping his head down, he's working. He's staying positive. And he picked his spots last night, man. And, yo, like, whatever buttons Darko pushed over those last couple of days, I'm really, really hoping that this is something that continues forward. Especially if we're able to get Scotty and Pascal going at the same time. If we're able to figure that part out, because let's be honest, Sky didn't have his best game yesterday offensively. He went 4 for 15 from the field. But the thing that I love about Scotty Barnes is that even when he's not having his best shooting night, he's still making plays all over the floor. He's not letting his offense dictate the rest of his game. It happens. The man scored six straight games, 20-plus points. Right now, he's averaging a double-double. I told y'all two days ago, Scotty Barnes is an all-star. Scotty Barnes is an all-star. Now, if we're able to get Scotty and Pascal going at the same time, then we may have two all-stars. And generally, when you have two all-stars, that means that your team is performing at a high level and you're winning basketball games. And as Raptors fans, that's all we want, man. We want to win basketball games. I think most of us understand that this is not like a season where we're expecting to be handy or, you know, putting up a championship banner. (laughs) You know what I mean? What we want to see is progress with this core team to see if this is the right core. If they can build on something with the new coaching staff, that, you know, unfortunately, Nick Nurse just wasn't able to get out of his players last year. 
And even then it might not be fair because, you know, when you look at like plus minuses from last year in terms of points scored um, versus against, we're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. So what that tells me was that we were up and down last year. We're beating up teams and then teams were beating up us. But this year, we just want some consistency. <laughs> we just want some consistency. And, you know, I just really appreciate that effort last night by Pascal Siakam. And, you know, one player that I'm just always forgetting to mention for whatever reason, OG Ananobi, man. OG Ananobi. We keep talking about his defense because, you know, he's elite. He is elite defensively in this NBA. He can guard you out on the perimeter. He can guard you in the post. He can guard smaller guards, bigger forwards, bigger centers, small, short, slow, fast, whatever. OG's the full package defensively. But he's also putting in work on the offensive end. And it's kind of going under the radar. So that's two straight games now where OG Anobi is 20-plus points. And with good basketball teams, what will happen on some nights? Now, you know, what we want is that for our two top guys, Scotty and Pascal, to be going every night, right? That's what we want in an ideal world. But where the third best player comes in now is that when one of your stars are off, one of these guys are going to step up their game offensively and be able to fill in that void. Same thing with Dennis Schroeder, more than capable. Been steady all season long. Gary Trent Jr., finally. <laughs> Yo, hold on, the bed. Yo, the bench, the bench, the bench. They had 34 points yesterday off of the bench, led by Gary Trent Jr., who I believe had 16. But he was getting his shot up, shooting threes, but he was also getting inside, had some layups in this game. But that's what you want from your sixth man. You can't have your sixth, your sixth man scoring like two points in a game or like six points in a game. Like, Gary Trent Jr. is so important to this team because he is the scoring punch of the second unit. He's our best scorer on the second unit right now. You know? There's other players that are, you know, can do things on a, you know, some nights. You might have Chris Boucher might come through and get an 18 or a 20. Haven't seen it yet this year, but Chris Boucher had a good night last night again. And we just dominated inside the paint. You know, when I was looking through Twitter, I was looking at some of these um, Dallas Mavericks people tweeting on behalf of the Mavericks, just like fans or whatever, or podcasts on Twitter. And, you know, they're just calling out the 72 to 40 in the paint stat. And they're like, you cannot win a game that way if you're the Mavericks. You know, and at one point, like late in the fourth, we, we were literally plus 40 on them in the paint, 70 to 30, <laughs> 70 to 30 with, I think it was like four or five minutes left in the game. And then basically garbage time from there. 
So we were eating in the paint. And I said this on my last stream again. I, I hate that I keep saying that I said this last time and blah, blah, blah. But it just so happens that a lot of the things that I said on the last episode, they're showing themselves in this episode based on the game last night. The Raptors did not shoot 50% of their field goals from three-point range like they did against the Spurs. It was more in the 33% range, I believe. And that's around where they should be, even though they didn't shoot the ball that well. But what you want to do is eat down low in the paint, play underneath the three-point line. And they did that last night, led by Pascal Siakam getting in there. You know what I'm saying? OG Ananobi had some dunks. Schroeder blew by some of the Mavericks defenders on multiple occasions and had layups at the bucket. Again, Scotty Barnes didn't have his best game, but he was putting pressure on the defense by trying to get in there. But good things happen when you're playing aggressive. Good things happen when you're playing aggressive. And that, again, that is the best W so far that this Raptors team has put up in this early season, first eight games. We are now 4-4, four and four, 500. Oh, man. Like, just so important, like I said, to just kind of hang around, build on some of the things that you've been doing well, minimize the losing streaks. And then you start to figure out if you can go on a few win streaks and then see where you are at the end of the year. But you don't want to dig a hole for yourself so early in the season that now you need to go on multiple seven-game win streaks just to, you know, try to get back in contention. So I'm proud of this team for as, like I said again, oh my God, I keep saying this, like I said, like I said, but real talk. I'm proud of this team because they have not played their best basketball to this point. They have not. But last night, that was definitely their best game of the season so far. The early win against the Timberwolves, which they've been playing very well, by the way. When you start looking at our opponents, you know, in retrospect, we played some tough opponents. You know, Minnesota right now, they're 5-2, and two, but we beat them on opening night. You know? We also beat the Bucks, who have Giannis and Dame. Now, they're kind of up and down this season, but I think they're a couple games above 500. We played Philly twice, lost to them. Philly beat Boston last night, so Philly is now the number one team in the East on this early season. You know? We beat the Spurs, who at the time were 3-2. and two. And now, last night, we went and beat the Mavericks, who coming into last night's game, they were number two in the, uh, in the West. So, you know, sometimes I think as fans, we may overreact a little bit so early in the season. And that's something that I've been trying just not to do so far. Um, and hopefully I'm doing a good job of that because I, I don't want to be like biased one way or another. Like, I really just want to see what the players have in this new system under the new coach, the new culture, like everything. Like things are going to take time. It's, it's marinating. You know what I'm saying? It's like making a nice go to a nice oxtail. You got to marinate your things overnight. You know what I'm saying? And then when you get it in the pot, you might brown it a little bit and then you let it simmer. You let it simmer. And then when it comes out the next three, four hours, depending if you're pressure cooking or not, <laughs> 
But yo, it's proper, nice and tender, good to go. So yeah, man, big up the Raptors, big up the Raptors, man. And um, you know, this game started off with OG hitting a couple of threes, and again, this is something that he's kind of been doing all season long. Like last game, he had seven threes, and you know, like OG Ananobi might be our best three point shooter. Him and Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, Scotty Barnes had an off night last night. You know, he was 0 for 4 from 3. But OG was, you know, chucking along, hit like, I think it was 3 for 8. So that's a pretty decent percentage, somewhere around the 40 somethings. Like, I'll take that from him any day of the week. So he came out shooting two threes on fire. And, you know, Pascal at some point in that first quarter, early in that first quarter, had a nice little spin move on Grant, Mil Grant Williams and laid it in. So we're like, okay, Pascal. All right, I like the start. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, the Mavericks went on a little bit of a run. At that point, I think they went on like a, I don't know. It was like they went up 16 to 8 at some point because they were on fire from three. Like Luka had one. Kyrie had one. Um, Derek Jones Jr., my, by the way, for the Mavericks, had a very good night. Very good night. Like he was dunking on the lane, <laughs> in the lane. He was hitting threes. I think he had a couple blocks. He played a solid game. You know, he played a solid game. And earlier on, they were able to get out on the lead on us because, you know, I think he was like five for six from the field in that first quarter. So, you know, but then the Raptors started to settle in a little bit. You know, Schroeder hit an elbow jumper. Pascal was, you know, Pascal was taking some early threes that I didn't really like, you know. And it, it, it's not that I don't like him shooting those shots. It's just that when you've been struggling, like, you want to get on point by getting in the paint, getting to the free throw line. You want to see the ball go through the bucket, you know what I mean, with some easier type shots. But I thought the Raptors came out shooting a lot of threes, you know, until they were able to settle down later in the game now where they're going into the paint. Um, But, you know... After that, like, Pascal started to cook a little bit in this first quarter. You know what I mean? I think he ended the first quarter with 10 points. And I think all of those 10 points were just, you know, buckets either in the post where he played very well with his back to the basket last night. Very well. Now, I think we might have something with this team in terms of some post work. Because if you're able to get the switches now and find the matchups, even just pushing the ball down the court, like big up Scotty Barnes, because this is just what he does now. <laughs> Zero to 100. Pushing the ball down the court, try to find the mismatches, and then work in the post. Like OG can do that. Pascal can do that. Scotty can do that. Pirtle too, but generally between those three players, you may find yourself on a smaller defender. And I think the the the, the Mavericks, they need another wing defender. I'm not sure who they're missing from this game i know they're missing Derek lively which you know might have been just a he was a very glaring piece for the mavericks last night because we were getting everything that we wanted in the paint and that kid has had a fantastic start to this season that Derek lively kid and it would have been cool actually watching him play because you know i'm focused on the raptors right now so i'm not even getting a chance to watch all of the games but i did see like that one game where you know 
um, I think it was Wemby's first game against Dallas, and Derek Lively was just eating in that game. You know what I mean? That kid was flying everywhere, just bouncing. So, you know, the Raptors might have caught a little bit of a break not having that kid in the lineup. But nevertheless, my point still stands. If you're able to take those three players and find the mismatches and work in the post, those guys are more than capable of scoring on smaller defenders down low. So I thought the Raptors did a really good job of that yesterday, but I think the Mavericks might be lacking some wing defenders. I don't know, is Grant Williams supposed to be their wing defender? But never is. That's their problem. <laughs> that is not our problem. But they were still up on us by the end of the first quarter. They were plus six on us at the end of the first. And, you know, like I said, in terms of the three-point shooting, OG hit the first two threes. The first two three-point attempts of that quarter. It was like within the first two minutes of the first quarter. The rest of the quarter, we went one for 11 from three. So the three-point shooting was looking like it was not going to be working last night based on what we saw in the first quarter. So it was important that the Raptors went down and just started yamming off food in, in the paint. You know? And, um, yeah, so we were down six at the beginning of the first. The second quarter, now, you know, this game was close in the first half. I know we ended up winning by 11. I think our biggest lead was somewhere around 14 or 16 in, in this game. But that was in the second half. <laughs> in the first half, everything was tight. It was tight. Outside that 16 to 8 start for the Mavs, everything else was just tight in this, um, in this first half. You know? Now, I, 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 <laughs> I have it in my notes here because I thought it was hilarious. I keep finding like, these hilarious parts in the basketball game. So Scotty Barnes is on the break. And I guess Otto Porter Jr. is trying to fill a lane. And Scotty Barnes thought that, I don't know who he thought was over there, but he tried to throw the loop to Otto Porter. And, you know, it's just, nah. <laughs> That's just not going to work, B. It's not going to work. And they had a laugh about it, too, after the play. But, um, yeah, man, Otto Porter on the wing, you got to either hit him with a bounce pass a chest pass or Otto Porter is going to have to like flare out to the three point line or something to create some more space for the driver. Um, but anyways, that play was hilarious. I thought that was jokes. Um, but Gary Trent Jr. Started heating up now in the second quarter. You know what I'm saying? Hit a three off of the side out. Now, hold on a second. I want to give Darko again, some credit. Yo, I got to give credit where it's due. Okay. Earlier on in the season, I forget what game it was. I forget what game it was, but I'm like, yo, the out-of-bounds plays, they were against the Bulls. The out-of-bounds plays were just not good. Not good early in the season. I don't know if it was the, to a, um, due to just a lack of practice time or maybe, you know, he just had in some plays that were just, you know, widely known around the league. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But over the last few games, out of the timeouts, out of the sideouts, Darko has drawn up some very nice plays where you're getting players off of the screen right into a jumper. Right into a jumper. The only issue I have with the execution on it is that it's taking a little bit too long to set up. So if someone's able to figure out, if like the defender is able to figure out how to kind of botch that play a little bit, 
and you're very close to a five seconds on the side out. So it's taking a little bit too long to develop on the side out plays, which I'm probably nitpicking at this point. But again, just something I noticed, and I think Darko's been doing a great job in terms of stepping up his side outs and out-of-bounds plays, and the execution has been much better by the players. So anyways, Gay Trent Jr. now. Defense, making a steal from the post, and again, yo, I, I, yo, I know I'm just like, sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but in this game, it felt like Gary Trent Jr. had like three or four steals. We need to look at the numbers again because I'm not 100% sure on that. But I was saying on the last stream, I'm like, Gary Trent Jr. has anticipatory skills. He knows how to hedge a little bit and get his hands on the basketball. At some point over the last two years, at one point, Gary Trent Jr. and OG were like leading the league in deflections or steals or something of that nature. So when I'm not seeing that now by Gary through the first few games, I'm like, what is going on here? But last night, and it just so happens, it happened after I pointed it out, Gary Trent Jr. started getting the job done on the defensive end by picking up some steals. All right. Now, I'm just going to double check how many steals he actually had in this game. They credit him with one steal. But, yo, I know he got his hand on more balls than that. More balls than that. Because I have in my notes here where he's got his hand on the ball a couple of times. All right? But nevertheless, his defense looked fantastic yesterday. Fantastic. And, you know, as a team, I thought the Raptors probably had their best defensive quarter in the second quarter against the Mavs. Versus the rest of the night. And, you know, even though we weren't necessarily blowing them out the water in that second quarter, we we're still able to go plus 10 in that second quarter. Because we were down four at the end of the first and then up six, I believe, at halftime. So, yeah, we were... Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. We were down six at the, at the end of the first quarter, then up four at the end of the second quarter. So at halftime. So we're a plus 10 within that time frame. All right? And I just want to call out one other play that I have here in, in my notes. Like the take foul. The take foul on, um, who was it? Schroeder. So Luca's coming down the left wing now. And, you know, he's coming down. And Luca's a really tough guy to defend, by the way, because he's just, he's so good at switching speeds, you know. And he has strength, and he has high basketball IQ. It feels like he's thinking about not just the next play or the next move. He's probably like two moves ahead of you. But Schroeder bumped him. Schroeder bumped him, and they called a take foul. So I didn't like it. I didn't like the take foul. But, like, I don't know. Schroeder put his shoulder in there. Schroeder, you put your shoulder in there, you fouled him, and maybe the argument was more over whether it was a take foul or just a personal foul. But, you know, playing Luca is so difficult to kind of stay in front of him because he's so herky-jerky, can do all these different things, and all night long, he was doing that. Like, you see Luca, he will come around from, like, the corner, right? Like, the wide corner, and just swing around on the perimeter 
and there's this screen set up at the top. So you might set up like two two screens to screen off defenders, and then all of a all of a sudden, he's around the second screen, and it looks like we might have a play at the basket, but then he might like slow up a little bit, use some strength and finish. Like yo, Luca knows how to use his body. Luca knows how to finish in the paint. And Luca knows how to draw fouls. <laughs> like watching him play last night was just—it's um, a joy watching him and Kyrie go because those are two like the funnest players to watch in the NBA. So you know, lucky for Dallas, they get to see that stuff every night. You know, two great players. Kyrie Irving at one point, you know, the rumor is is that he was originally on the top seventy-five team. And then, you know, you may have come off for certain reasons. The NBA took him off. I mean, I don't want to get into to the whole Kyrie saga. But, you know, he is, whether he's formerly a top 75 player of all time or not, like, he, he's in the conversation. In my eyes, he probably is. You know what I'm saying? But the point I'm trying to make is that they have two really good players on their team that are established in this league. And I would not be surprised to see Luca take home an MVP at some point. If it's not this season, it could be the next season or the season after. But Luca is a load to deal with. A load to deal with. All right. But yeah, Pascal continued putting in a little bit of work in the second quarter. And he ended the first half with 16 points, eight rebounds on eight for 15 shooting. Like, yo, his first half has been, like, better than, like, multiple games in totality that he's had this season. That's why it's so refreshing just to see Pascal get back on track. Now, is he back? That is the question. Because we also saw him have a really strong game against the Bucks last week when we slapped him. You know? So the thing I want to see from Pascal is whether he will have, you know, what type of game he's going to have in Boston this upcoming Saturday, all right? But regardless, so, you know, the Raptors ended up shooting 56% in this second quarter that contributed to the plus 10, and, you know, they're playing solid defense. Even if Luka's scoring and Kyrie's scoring, like, they're, like those guys are tough to guard because I thought we guarded them pretty well yesterday. But the thing is, great players are going to score regardless of what you do. What you really want to do is look at how efficient are they. And that's how you know that the Raptors played a really good game yesterday because both of those players shot under 50% for the game. And, you know, they still ended up getting their points, 31 and 22 respectively. Luka had 31, Kyrie had 22. But nevertheless, like, you know, this game is still tight. Still tight going into the third quarter. Because, again, it's only a four-point game. All right? Now, in the third quarter, again, like, Pascal's starting to do, continuing to do a lot of the things that we like from him historically. You know what I'm saying? Getting his little, you know, back to the basket, little fallaway jumper. I'm with it. Him and Barnes were rocking the two-man game, getting the ball to Pascal in the paint. Beautiful. Beautiful. If if Scotty and Pascal 
can start to build that chemistry on their two-man game, this is going to be dangerous. It's going to be super dangerous because now you're probably going to end up drawing in a third defender at some point because whoever's coming off of that screen or whoever's coming off of the cut, you may draw another defender, which means that there's going to be somebody else open. We know OG can shoot the three. Schroeder's had a great start to this season. I ain't mad at him if he wants to take the open shot. Pirtle, just, yo, find a space away from everybody else when they're running the two-man game. And if you need to get in on the dunker spot, get in there. But, like, you know, no one's afraid of Pirtle shooting anything from anywhere near the perimeter, respectfully. But even he knows that's not his game, right? But regardless, I thought Scotty and Pascal had some good two-man game in this uh, start of the third quarter. And the Raptors and Mavericks at around around 7 minutes and 50, 30 seconds or so, this is where the game turned. This is literally where the game turned because it was 73-73 at this point, okay? Now, you have an OG drive, right? Oh, this was the one. Hold on. This is the one where OG's driving from the wing and he draws three defenders and then he like looked like he was showing the ball or pump faking and all three of them jumped, yo. And all he did was lay it in. That was butter. Butter. You know what I mean? And like, I'm not like high on OG's drive and dribble game, you know, but that play right there was just sweet. Loved it. Right? So even OG scoring in the paint, everything's coming in the paint. Everything's coming in the paint, all right? So then Pascal goes under the three-point, goes under the three-point around a screen, pulls up, jumper. Pascal, um, you know, had Tim Hardaway Jr. backed him down, bucket. OG, corner three, bucket. You know what I mean? Otto Porter Jr. making some plays around the bucket, or sorry, uh, defending around the bucket caused Luca to have a shot clock violation. But anyways, the point I'm trying to make is it was 73-73. Then the Raptors went on an 11 to nothing run. We won the game by 11 points. But basically from this time, they're not making any like real grounds on us in this third quarter because now we're up 11. By the end of the third quarter, we're up by 11 again. You know what I mean? Big up Malachi Flynn with a three at the end of the third quarter. Then Malachi Flynn, man, I was saying this last time. I'm like, yo, this has to pay off for us. <laughs> it has to. And he looked confident at the end of that third quarter in the minutes that he was getting in the second half. At the end of the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, Malachi was making plays, starting with that three-point shot because that put us back up 11 again as it was, at, it, was, it was at eight points. Now, there is a difference being up double digits going into the fourth quarter versus being in single digits, even just from a psychological standpoint. You know what I'm saying? You hear the broadcasters, you hear coaches say it all the time, just try to make it um, a single-digit game. Or try to make it a one possession game. But when you're in like 
a double-digit deficit is different now on the psyche. It's different. So, you know, just some beautiful stuff there in the third quarter with Gary Trent Jr. hitting some shots, finally getting back on track. You know, I thought he had, like, a really solid game offensively in this game. You know, and it's a welcoming sight to see him hit some threes. It's a welcoming sight to see Malachi Flynn hit some threes. Both of them are playing defense. Both of them are playing defense. can argue with me all you want, but, yo, these guys put in some work yesterday on defensive end. Whether Kyrie was scoring on them or not, those guys were inefficient all night because we were playing solid defense on the Mavericks. Okay? And, again, when we're not turning over the basketball, this team's potential is its much better than when they are turning over the basketball. By the end of the third quarter, they only had nine turnovers. Only nine turnovers. If my, if my memory serves me correct, at the end of the first quarter in the last game, they had ten. So through three, you only got nine? Fantastic. That is exactly what I want to see from the Raptors, man. Exactly what I want to see. Now, um, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter now, Malachi Flynn again hits another big three. Just splashed it. Splashed it. His mechanics look good. Now that he's gaining some confidence from the coach, because the coach isn't just yanking him after a missed shot. Not just yanking him after a missed defensive assignment. Because you know how difficult it is to like sit for like 10 games, then you get thrown in as a young player, and then you just get yanked out for one mistake? Now, I know that we're going to have to go through some growing pains with Malachi Flynn. But, you know, he's starting to, like, look like he can be a little bit competent. And I was joking last week. I was like, yo, Malachi Flynn led the bench scoring with three points. That still can't happen. That still can't happen. I don't want to see this happen again. The bench had 34 points last night. That is the type of thing we need from the bench. Malachi Flynn had eight. And those points were critical because, again, at the end of the third quarter, hits a three to put us up 11, hits another three at the beginning of the fourth quarter to put us up 12. Then this guy drives from the corner. He got the ball in, like, the, um, the close, the near, I guess, the near corner three, pump fake, drive to the basket, foul putting pressure on the defense. And I like for the fact that he was looking to score because the defenders were out of sorts. And he went to the line and buried them. So his eight points came with zero seconds left on the clock in the third quarter on that three, and then five quick points early in the uh, fourth quarter. Playing solid defense all night. He had some assists. He's pushing the ball up the floor. Like Malachi Flynn, here's the thing that a lot of us forget about Malachi Flynn, okay? In his rookie season, in his rookie season, he looked like he had game. 
he looked like he had some game. We're like, okay, Malachi, he ended his rookie season on a high note. He was playing well. I remember this. I remember this with a passion. And then somewhere along the lines, the man lost his confidence. He lost his confidence because the coach didn't have the confidence in him. The fans lost confidence in him. I know I did. I didn't even have confidence in him like a week or two ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I understand that it's going to take time for him to build that confidence back. And one of the reasons why we hired Darko was for the, the development of some of these players, including Malachi Flynn. So if Malachi can keep playing well, then, you know, I'm totally with it, man. I'm totally with it. But you can't regress. You know, you can't regress for like multiple games at a time. You know what I'm saying? We need to see more good games strung together. And when things aren't working for you, you need to show that at least defensively, you're still, you know, in the right mind space. And that you're still moving as the point guard of the second unit. Because if not, again, at the beginning of the season, I'm like, we might have a deficiency in the backup point guard role. I'm still calling for another backup center. It's not that I'm hating on Boucher or Precious Achua, but in certain matchups, we're going to need another bigger body. So I don't know who's going to be out the door at some point or who we can sign off the streets. One of the things that I was thinking about, because Stephen A brought this up in one of his videos I was watching a few weeks ago, and I forgot to mention it because I had it in my notes. But basically, he's like, why is DeMarcus Cousins not in the league? Why is DeMarcus Cousins not in the league? So you're telling me now, if you're the Raptors and you're starving for another big off the bench, mind you, I'm not saying that we need a guy that's going to come in here and play consistently 20 minutes a night off the bench. I'm just saying in certain matchups, you don't want Pirtle to have to be able to, you don't want Pirtle thinking like, I can't play as aggressively as I want to play because I don't have sufficient backup off the bench to go against Embiid or Jokic or one of these other big guys. Go get DeMarcus Cousins. But anyways, that had nothing to do with this video. The point that I'm making is that, you know, Malachi Flynn looks like he's starting to gather his confidence. And, you know, with the right coaching, continuing to develop Malachi, not even just Ryakovich, I'm talking about our assistant coaches and trainers. Let's go, man. Good job for Malachi, you know? Now, um, again, the Raptors, they were up in this, in, in this fourth quarter, pretty much double digits the whole fourth quarter. And, you know, at one point, basically, this is kind of how I, how do I say this? This is how I, how I kind of knew the game was over, okay? Darko makes two challenges in less than like 15 or 20 seconds. Two challenges. So the referees are trying to give the ball to Dallas. Maybe they're trying to, you know, I don't know if Vegas got something to do with this. I'm not like, you know, <laughs> I'm not suggesting anything. But the matter, two challenges in like 30 seconds, late 
in the fourth quarter, and he won them both. You know, they tried to call Kyrie, or they tried to call Schroeder for a foul on Kyrie. Nope. They tried to say, I think it was Scotty Barnes, tipped the ball out of bounds from a Derrick Jones pass from sideline to sideline. I don't know why teams just decide that they can just throw the ball sideline to sideline on us. We have, like, the most length <laughs> on the wings in the history of man. But anyways, sideline to sideline, they tried to say that it went off Scotty, but really it went off Dante Exum. And, you know, good job by Darko using his challenges. And I thought that that was a critical spot because, you know, that was like the last gasp. That was like the last gasp for the Dallas Mavericks. You know, even like Luca shot an air ball in there somewhere. Like we went up 14. Like, yo, game, set, match, done. Raptors four and four. Let's go, man. Let's go. Again, I thought that was the best performance, offense and defense, by this team to start the season. You can argue the Bucs game, but I felt like we were just up big on the Bucs all night. All night long. They never really felt like they got it close in that game. But this game against the Mavericks, like it was dumb tight for the first half. Dumb tight. And then we went on one run. That 11-0 run with 7.30 left in the third quarter, I believe. And, like, that was the game. The rest of it was just played even from there. So I thought the Raptors did a very, very, very good job in this game. And, you know, Pascal Siakam getting back on track, getting down into the paint and putting in that work, man. Like, we're, like these are the types of performances that we're going to need, man, from Pascal Siakam. Real talk, you know, like the trade conversations were starting and they're probably still going to continue because we need to see some more consistency from Pascal Siakam on the offensive end. We do. But again, on Raptors Flex Plus, I am not one of these people that are out here that think that Pascal can't get it together. I believe that he can. The next challenge for Darko Ryakovich is ensuring that you have Pascal going, you have Scotty going, and that the bench continues to put in work. Because those are three critical areas that we need. Like, oh, Jesus kind of been consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get defense. That's never going to be an issue with OG. He ain't no slack. He ain't no slack. And he can shoot the three. His shooting from last year has continued into this year. Dennis Schroeder, continue doing what you've been doing. You know? I was speaking to some OGs yesterday, and, and they weren't so sold on Dennis Schroeder. And I was like, really? Because I, I, I thought Dennis Schroeder's been playing well this year. But, you know, perspective is everything. In my opinion, I just think he needs to continue doing what he's doing. And the real question around the point guard spot is whether Malachi Flynn's the answer as the backup point guard. And we'll see some of those answers over the next month. Because it'll be very important to the development of this team if we want to take the step that we want to take this year into the playoffs 
and out of the plane. All right. Now, one last thing. Okay. Thank you, Darko, again for working on getting Pascal incorporated into the offense. The offense in the half court looked much better, much better than you know previous games. It still needs some work. You know, let's continue working on these two things. But the free throw shooting, fam. <laughs> the free throw shooting. We are literally, we are literally dead last in the NBA in free throw shooting percentage. And to make matters worse, to tell you how bad that really is, we are like the sixth or seventh worst team getting to the free throw line. So you don't get there. And then when you do get there, you're missing. So this team needs to improve in that area ASAP. I'm not saying we need to be best in the league, but we need to be somewhere around the middle. Like, we cannot be on the floor. Cannot be at the floor. So anyways, man, if you made it to the end of this video, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. If you're not subbed up, sub up, like, share, comment, all of the above. Because, you know, we got to pick up the algorithm. Like the last video that I did, it looked like the algorithm was hitting because that's the highest performing video that we've done so far in terms of views. But not enough subs. <laughs> Help a brother out, you know. Help brother out, man. I'm trying to do some, trying to do something for the man them and the cisterns. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it popping. So, anyways, um, again, thank you for tuning in. The Raptors will be in Boston on Saturday. I will have a video at some point after that game. I'm not the type of guy that's gonna give you like the live reaction right after the game. I gotta let it simmer. You know what I'm saying? Like I was saying before, like when you cook your oxtail. When you cook your, your, your goat, your ram, you have to let it marinate and then, you know, brown it a little bit and then simmer. And then you get the banger. So anyways, you know the flex. It's your boy and I'm out.